on the latest episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry. I'm delighted to be joined by international best-selling author Heman Sunim, telling us what to do when things don't go your way. When we are, you know, very young and have a first love and the first love did not work out, we feel as though this is the end of the world. However, we learn that is not the case. We move on. We find some other people. We begin to see that uh, when things don't go your way, uh, maybe it's not the end. As ever, we're available on all podcast platforms. This week on the Indo Daily. I asked her to leave me alone. I felt like she was harassing me. And she was insistent that, you know, these were just coincidences. Catherine Martin, she is in favour of scrapping the TV licence and giving money to RT direct from the exchequer. Tonished Michal Martin, dead set against it. No way, not happening. Find and follow us at all the usual spots and over on the Irish Independent website. Hello and welcome to the Left Wing Independent.ie's Rugby Podcast. I'm Will Slattery, delighted to be joined in studio this week by Luke Fitzgerald, as always, as well as Des Berry of the Hell and Keen Tracy of the Irish Independent. Thanks so much for coming in, guys. And Luke, we were treated to a, a kind of a special Monday of, of European rugby this week after the fiasco over at Allianz Park. Claremont absolutely annihilated Saracens, handed them their first loss in Europe in about two and a half years. It reminded me a couple of years ago when Claremont went to the Aviva and Leinster were going for three in a row and Claremont actually beat them quite badly. Back then I remember feeling that it was maybe a shift in power in Europe after Leinster had dominated for a couple of years. Do you think we're looking at something similar now? I Hard to know. Like I, I, I feel like they're probably missing a few guys to make a big difference. Uh, like a huge difference really. I mean... Um, oh, I'd say people are sick of if anyone listens to me talking about rugby like they're sick of hearing me talk about momentum but it really changes things for you like you're missing Billy Vunapola you're missing Mario Toje um, you know these guys they make a big difference they really do um, and I think maybe look they were poor anyway look there was no crowd there was no atmosphere that can put teams that off it doesn't matter what day of the week it is for them though it's usually uh, it usually doesn't to be honest with you and in fairness I think there was a fair bit of anger and like, it probably worked both ways you know I'd say Claremont had, were very angry about the whole thing it was kind of weird because look I know it was a mess but it's not like it's not like Saracens meant that so probably worked both ways what I would say is in terms of the decline I don't know if I, I don't know if that exists I think they're missing a few key guys who are let's face it pretty much you know right up there at the top of the game internationally as well and I think they make a big difference to that team I think you're missing Liam Williams as well uh, who I have a huge amount of time for and I think um, those guys will make a big difference to that team um, so I don't think so I think they'll get better I think they'll improve whether whether that's too big a loss to come back from in this competition we don't know it's hard to tell now you know what I mean like that, that, if they lose next week I mean it could be curtains for them you know three times champs uh, as well I mean it'd be huge so uh, I'd be slow to say they're in decline. I think that uh, they're probably missing a few key personnel to, to answer in a really long-winded way, Will. Yeah, did I, Keen, uh, did well, I answer it at all? Yeah, uh, <laughs> more or less. I'm going to move on to Keane for a bit for more, more clarity here in the Saracen situation. Obviously, you know, we're going to be talking about the Irish provinces in great depth, but it was probably the result of the weekend. It wasn't just that Saracen's lost for the first time since May you know, 2015. It was that they were absolutely torn apart by Claremont. And a result like that, it can be hard to come back from. Yeah, definitely. I think this weekend is going to be the big test. I mean, going to Claremont is never easy. But like Luke said, their backs are against the wall. It's a winner boss now at this stage. Um, they've got a target on their back every time they're playing. That can be hard, you know, every time they're going into a game. But um, look, I think, Luke, you hit the nail on the head. Missing those guys, like, no matter how good you are, no matter how strong you are, if you could equate that to one of the provinces of picking almost three key guys out, anyone would struggle. Uh, Claremont are also a really good team I think we should probably probably <laughs> throw that throw that in there you know Raka was just I mean Everyone, no, no one wants to give them credit they just yeah. let you down too often don't that, they we've, just, seen it, we've seen it all before team. they just always flatter don't they like I mentioned yeah. that result I went to the Aviva and put on a show against a team that had won the previous two Heineken Cups and then they eventually capitulated in the final against Toulon. So we've been in this almost exact place before. They've heard us before, Will. They've heard us before. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I think, like, you're right. Like, I think it's, I'm glad we, someone agrees with me, Keane. Jeez. Um, I think, like, the, the momentum thing, because it, there's a real knock-on effect, Des. You know, the, your key decision-makers, if they're, if, they're, if they're allowed to make decision, decisions, sorry, 
with front football, things become way easier. Everything becomes easier. You know, teams get under pressure defensively, and then someone slips up, and all of a sudden, you know, all of a sudden there's a kick option in behind, and all of a sudden your team's going 40 yards forward, and the other's going 40 yards back. Things like that, they have a knock-on effect. And I think that's why the pack, that's, anyone who's in the know about rugby, from, from my perspective, always says, it's your pack that are the key. That's why they win you the game. And I think it's because all those other decisions become easier for you. Because those guys, your Keen Healy's, your Tyg Furlongs, these guys, your Pete O'Mahony's, they're getting you over the game line. They're key guys. Those guys for Saracens are are them for Saracens. They get them those those they get them in those positions where everything is easier and everything's tougher for the opposition. So I think that they'll come back from this. I do believe that. I just think, you know, going away to Claremont, is it gonna to be too late? You'll what do you think, Des? I, I just think Saracens always remind me of Munster in their prime. They don't play the same way. But unless they're at 100% of intensity, their game's gone nowhere. It's all based on intensity. Even Brad Barrett at the back, I mean, look, you know, he, he's an unbelievable defender. Mm. Uh, and guys, I love Chris Wiles and Michael Rhodes. He, he, he's a monster in the back row. He's unbelievable, he's isn't unbelievable. he? He's kind of like a real herald guy. Guys they, yeah, it's these guys they mm. signed that aren't playing for the big countries, well, US, but Chris Wiles. Vincent Coke as well at, uh, uh, at Toyota. Yeah. Been a huge but I think he was, he was playing at the weekend, wasn't he? He, yeah. got, he got minced, yeah. Uh, but anyway, um, it, I just think um, they do remind me of Munster. Unless they're doing everything to near the limit, they're a lot less side. Leinster, the old Leinster, they can get away with it because they rely on flashes of genius. They're a functional team. They do everything to a system. Everything has to be, and it is usually clockwork. That's why if you see Mark McCall afterwards, he was... Like, you see him, he, he was, and Jamie George is very upset. They're going nowhere. They're going nowhere anytime soon. They'll be back. And I reckon even if they're losing Claremont, they've still got 10. They'll get two five points after that. They might even get a losing point. Even if Could be coming to the Aviva, maybe in the quarter They'll finals. be in a way. And who oh, it'd be a disaster playing them, wouldn't it? <laughs> who, wants, who wants to play them? But somebody mm. told me today, and just as a by the way, I was at a, a schools match in Donnybrook, and somebody far knows far more about it, says that, a certain person who's an important player in Leinster has been convinced for a number of years that he wants to play Saracens and he's convinced that he, they can beat Saracens, a certain player. I, but I think like Leinster are the best. Like we've been saying, we said that all last year as well, um, Will, on the show. That Why, look? I think Leinster are the best equipped. And the reason I say that is I think they're the best equipped. They have, they have the same amount of weapons as, as, as far as I can see in the pack. Leinster's pack is unbelievable. Like, I've, I, I was so, I mean, I, I just am absolutely blessed as a player to have played. I mean, people talk about all the great backs I played with. That, yeah, played with some really great players. But that pack was unbelievable. And there's literally, like, we, we counted it out, uh, Will there, Reese. Was it 18? 18 international backs or forwards. Forwards. Like, I mean, you're just, it's, a, it's incredible the depth there. You can let someone like Jordy Murphy go up north. Um, and it, well, it it shouldn't have an effect. Like that's how good. Like he's an unbelievable rugby player. You know, most clubs would be dying for a Jordy Murphy, but Leinster have so much depth there that they can let someone like him go. And I think it really shows. I mean, like that performance. Extra hadn't been beaten at home on, um, in forty one games. Is it yeah. forty one or something? Year anyway, I don't think a day short for a year. year the guy in beat the score kept saying. Well, is it forty one? Am I right in forty one? Is it something yeah. huge? Yeah, Whatever it, it is. Almost a year anyway. I thought I heard that no, no, stat. It's, it's, but anyway, yeah, it can't be forty one. Because that's what I said. If it's in a calendar year, it can't no, no, be forty one. It's, it's it's a day short. Bordeaux Mads club beat them last year in the championship. Oh, did they? Yeah. Oh, just fair play, Mads. Sandy Park. Shout out Mads and the lads in Bordeaux. No, yeah, but look, in fairness to them. Uh, like that's an unbelievable result there. I just have so much time for that Exeter effort. I think, and I think it showed in the Leinster performance. They were really fired up. Did you see the? Yeah. Uh, there was a picture of Jack McGrath, um, who's got to be going through a tough enough time at the moment. Um, you know, Lions starting in the Lions team, and all of a sudden he can't get in the Leinster team. Um, uh, and you just saw the whole squad. It just shows you what a what a character he is. What well, I love seeing that. Um, but he was pumped up when was it uh, for for Johnny's try. There's a picture of him celebrating. I was just thinking they were obviously that up all week you know and I think the hard thing for them is to, to come back to the Northampton point that you made earlier on Will it's going to be hard for them to back that up it's a real challenge to do that week week and I, just to come in there because the point mm. we were actually it was, it was off air we were talking about a couple of years back where Leinster in the first round of Metacona absolutely filleted Northampton away you scored a hat-trick 40 points out the reverse and you've even the following Saturday you guys lost at home even didn't even get a losing bonus point that ultimately cost you a home quarter final so what do Leinster need to do to guard against that? Well yeah like I think you need to get off to a good start again. You know, you really do. You need to uh, put the squeeze on them. They've got a better pack than them. Like I, you know, the, the temptation will be to engage them in a game that I think they're very good at. And Leinster are very good at that too. But I would make sure that I'm putting pressure on them. I think they, you saw that they were able to attack them in the air. And I think Exeter were conscious of that. You see the guys tracking back really hard, blocking runners off all the time. 
But I think Leinster should be going to the air, putting pressure on them, squeezing them at scrum. We've got a better scrum than and we know that now. Um, I mean, they should have got two penalties. I think Jack Conan picked up a few too early for me um, uh, at the start of that game. And I think... Um, I, I thought we could put the squeeze on there with that starting front row we have. Unbelievable, you know. So, uh, I know it sounds negative, but I'd be starting the game that way. I think that's our that's our area where I feel like we've got, definitely got a marked advantage. Keen, another thing we were talking about off-air that I found interesting in the build-up was the disparity in the amount of international experience between Leinster and Exeter. I think it was over 700 uh, caps on the starting team for Leinster. I think about 50 for Exeter. That, on paper, should translate into Leinster doing what they kind of did on Sunday is winning and dominating to a certain extent. Do you think that does factor in in any way, though? I think it does, but I think a lot is... I think more is being made out of that now after everyone's seen how well Leinster played. But I think we've got to remember that they're premiership champions, you know. They've got the same problem every week um, in terms of they're going to be playing the Saracens team who are packed full of internationals. They still managed to finish ahead of them. Um, Luke had made a good point, I think, that... um, Rob Baxter is working with these guys a lot more than we'll say Mark McCall gets to have his guys and that, that's obviously huge I mean for your units I mean we hear so much especially from someone like Joe the amount of time he gets with them Rob Baxter has the majority of that squad all year round that has to be you know can only be a good thing um, you look at the pack I think Luke is right but I think Leinster are a really shrewd unit at the moment I think the signing of Scott Fardy has been almost a little bit unheralded like I know he's an international but like his performance at the weekend was just immense. Um, I know we mentioned Keane Healy the last time I was on. He's been pushed by Jack McGrath. But I think what's interesting now is Dev Toner has been pushed by James Ryan because for me that was one of his, but Toner's best performances in a Leinster shirt in a long, long time. And that's probably because James Ryan is breathing heavily down his neck. So you look right through it. I mean, Reese Ruddock is out injured this week. You've got Dan Levy back fit. I mean, it's just, like Luke said, you can afford to leave Jordy Murphy go. Ruddock will be a huge loss. But I mean, having someone like a Dan Levy, Josh Van der Fleer, you know, to come in, it's just, it's an embarrassment to riches, really. Like, and that's probably why people are really talking Leinster up now. Yeah, I tell you, Reese Ruddock's a big loss. Mm. Huge loss. Dan Levy's a superb player, but he's got big boots to fill mm. there for me. Um, four, I don't know what you think, Tez. Have you been? I mean, I, love I, 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 I think Reese is just. I one. love Dan Levy. <laughs> <laughs> That's my old Dan Dagger. Yeah, well, look, I and think he loves himself too. That's <laughs> Does he? He's a confident man. <laughs> he no, is, he's, he's you got to be. Player. You got to be. Yeah, you got to be, haven't you? Mm. But mm. I mean, I I'd have him in every team. I'd have him in the Irish team, the Leinster team. If he's fit, I I love him. He can do everything. There's not. Yeah, he, he is do. quality. I I have to say on on that point, I do think Reese has been the standout guy for me this year. No, I agree with that. I think he's been the standout fella. And he was unlucky um, not to start for Ireland. I mean, a lot of oh, people. I think he was really unlucky. Yeah, had him in. You know, mm. Mahoney obviously got the nod, but I like Reese has been absolutely outstanding. And I know I said like you have Levy coming in, and it's great to have a ready-made replacement. But he's been outstanding all season. I yeah, just th- I just think I'd be interesting to know Luke because I just think when you look at it, if you look at that Leinster pack and Morgan, what's on the bench, you're already saying, well, they're actually it's a better pack than any of the packs that have won the Heineken Cup. And then I think if you just yeah. go through them and what's on the bench, if you will go for man for man, I mean, you think it's definitely a better pack because I was just looking at it the other day and what's on the bench. Then you have to ask yourself, do you need, do you need the right back line to complement the forwards, to take them over the top? The other thing is, the funny thing is, they played Matt O'Connor rugby at the weekend. Matt O'Connor always said, it's the thing that took my head, we have to use our competitive advantage. advantage which is in the pack. He always said that when he was at Leinster. Mm. And he got absolutely hosed by the supporters, by everybody when things weren't going the way. But actually, that's exactly what have been his game plan last weekend. Probably similar enough game plan Leicester going to play against Monster at the weekend. Yeah, yeah, so what do you think about the James Lowe? You know, he was registered, obviously, yeah. to be in the squad. They have that dilemma of picking two out of James Gibson yeah. Park, James Lowe and Scott Fardy. Do you expect them to feature in the 23? Because it would require them to drop... They're not going to drop Fardy realistically because he's playing so well. No, so... I, I don't know. I think uh, I don't. Know, the, I don't know. Who, I, I didn't look at the forty-one names, but I would imagine Reese went out. He had to got somebody had to come in, and they're stacked in the in the forward unit. I, like they've got. Look at the guys they've registered: Jordy, Josh, Dan. They're mm. well. They're well, well placed there, aren't they? So yeah. maybe they just want to bring James in. I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of brought him in as a twenty-fourth man. 
yeah, it is that thing, isn't it? If the problem J- is though, it has James one of those guys have to be injured to do that to, yeah. for that to make sense, you know. Or maybe maybe no, one I mean, of them is a twenty fourth man, you know, to come along and to go through the process like a Joe Schmidt to to just go through the process yeah. of European Cup day. I know he's an experienced player, but he has still to get. They used might bring, to that. yeah, fair enough. They might, but they'd have to, they still have to bring an Irish guy along because if yeah. it wasn't James and Gibson Park that goes yeah. down, he still can't. Would, play would the it be day. a risk? Well, Nick McCarthy do you think to get rid of Gibson Park, Keane, mm. and bring in Nick McCarthy on the bench to facilitate low coming into the squad? I mean, I, th- I think Gibson Park is offering a lot off the bench. I mean, mm. another player. Who I thought was excellent at the weekend was Luke McGrath um, but Gibson yeah. Park gives you something different off the bench Nick McCarthy is obviously inexperienced I think it would be a risk in the sense that if it ain't broke you know you don't need yeah. to fix it sort of a thing um, James Lowe is obviously a star in the making uh, I know we discussed it as well the last time we were here but he's had a long season I mean there's mm. there's no reason to, to rush him into it like there's plenty of plenty of race to, to run here like so mm. for me I, I would I'd keep it as is The other thing is Charlie Rock started for the A's against in Bristol. There's been no coverage of that. Um, not that the B and A, but B and I's are all that important. But they did have a great performance again in front of six and a half thousand people, just under again. Bristol had eight internationals. You'll know that Luke Day, forty six twenty five. He scored a rake of tries, but Nick McCarthy didn't start. Now, if Nick McCarthy is involved going to be involved this weekend surely he was going to start the BNI Cup last week interesting yeah maybe someone's picked up a knock there that we don't know of yet we don't know yeah I don't know if he was on the bench I didn't look he might have been on the bench but he didn't Mm. start Charlie Rock started so Glad you did the digging on that, Des, because I was I was wondering how it fits in. You know, maybe they're just maybe he's just in there for a the bit of experience in a, in a big week. You mm. know, and they want to maybe to see what it's like because you know a lot of a lot of guys from Southern Hemisphere it takes them a bit of, like they don't understand like Champions Cup is is bloody high level. You know, it's bloody hard competition to win. Nine games you got to win. Well, probably not anymore. But you know, got, you know, got a lot of really tough games, and it takes like how many years you know where they're star-studded teams with loads of Southern Hemisphere guys some of the best international players in the world and they didn't win they couldn't win it you know um, so maybe they are bringing him in for that I mean it's a it'd be hard one. to drop it's a dangerous one it'd be hard it to drop like Fardy but Fardy's the only guy that makes sense uh, really for me at this point I, I, you can't Luke, drop but who's Fardy. your third lock no, no, no. then Luke sorry who's your third lock then well you could pick a Ross Maloney you know? is he back my point is that no, sorry the weeks. point is that losing a nine is for, you know like James Gibson Park has proven at this level he's playing well you know, you need a, you need two good nines. Simple as. I don't think. And, and Nick McCarthy is a is going to be a very good player. Whether he gets the opportunity to show that, that's a challenging thing from from a career perspective. But at this point, that's a bigger risk than Fardy. Like James Ryan w- would go in, and he'd fit in seamlessly. He's he's everyone says he's gonna be <coughs> mega. You know, he's he he looks the part. And I think he is the part at this stage as well. He looks he uh, the, the lads love him, you know. They they think really highly of him. Right. There's just no need to, to do it really, is there? there when you when you, when you look no, at it, like there's no there's, no, need, there's just no. no need to do it. I can't it's, see him being it's an unnecessary the risk. Yeah. They're in it a good place, unnecessary yeah. risk. The only thing I would say is that the only time they made ground was down the outside. And like Fergus was brilliant and he says always quality, but they aren't the quickest wings in the world. And they they know it like so it, you could try and tinker and try and get a bit of speed out. I know James Lowe Apparently he has, re- apparently he's recorded the second quickest time already in Leinster. I, I don't know if they do forties. They do forties. I think it was a forties. They do tens and thirties. He's recorded the, the second fastest time already in a sprinting, and this is at the end of a long season. So apparently he's grease lighting, and he's a block of a man. I haven't seen him personally, but everybody says he's blocky. He's enough, a, he looks blocky. He's enough. a really, yeah, yeah. really well, big yeah. man. You wouldn't think it. He's, well, I wouldn't have, but he's a really big man. Luke, just before we move on from Leinster, I was reading an article Gordon Darcy already talking about that Northampton back to back and kind of how the momentum can shift from one week, even if you've won big the first time. Mm. He said that there was a, he felt that the you know there was a bit of laughing going on in the build up when you were you were doing your warm up and stuff, and everyone's focus seemed a bit off. Is that how you remember? No, no. But then I do have a memory like a sieve. Uh, <laughs> look, I took it seriously. I mean. Did the hat trick not go to your head? You were probably like no, you was, know, reading the positive tweets great. all week. And I, no, it's look. It's funny. I never, you never really. You know, you played well. Like you don't. I never read it. Yeah, but uh, I, I always never found. Read articles I, I, know, I, I, I never found it hard to back up on those ones. I actually was. I usually, funnily enough, like where when things went bad for me, I, I went through about a year of not playing great rugby. Really. It was a kind of confidence thing, but that once I got out of that, I never, I don't really recall having. I had mixed games, but I never, you know, there was. What year was that? That was ooh, um, it was the year I played full back, and it kind of it it slipped into that. Um, it was kind of was it around? Jeez, it was Leicester at home, Toulouse at home. Was it twenty eleven? 
2011, 2010, 2011, I played in the Six Nations and uh, played poorly. I had a real bad time under the high ball at fullback. Um, and I just, it just kind of it trickled into the... To, I found it hard to get out of that mould, you know. I did some really good things, but I did a lot of bad things. Like, just really anxious all the time. Um, but for me, that was never a hard thing back up. Some players are like that. Some players... I, I never... I, I didn't struggle with that. If I was to comment to myself, honestly, I'd say backing up week after week on that stuff... The only problem for me and that was physically. It wasn't like I, I was always good to, because uh, you know, I was always confident in my abilities anyway. So I always felt I should be playing better than everyone. So I never, really, I expected myself to be playing ever, better than everyone. So it was fine, you know, as in other teams, I expected myself to be doing that. So doing it again was never a problem for me. Uh, but some guys have that. Some guys, you know, they they kind of peak some troughs, and that's fine for some. You know, happens to some people. You know, I'm not, it's Doris probably. It's interesting to hear him say that, you know, maybe he felt like that himself. I always find people who say those things are usually feeling it themselves. You have it in change rooms all the time, you know. Lads, we're not up for this. You know, there's one guy screaming and roaring, you're kind of saying, really, you're obviously finding it tough to, to get up for the game. I always felt that, you know, uh, about people. And it's funny, lots of other people in change rooms, always, the, the guy who's doing that in a weird one where everyone's calm, it's funny, people who really know their stuff, who know individuals, know personalities, have been in change rooms for years, you're always kind of like, ah, that's, you're obviously struggling. You know, you need to G yourself up here. The rest of us are fine. Um, so it's funny, maybe, maybe that was, maybe it's, a, maybe it was Darst kind of talking about it himself. Some people find it tough to back it up week on week. We'll move on to Munster now in a second, but just before we leave Leinster, are we all expecting Leinster to do the business this Saturday? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I don't see any reason. I think it might be a different type of game. I don't think, I don't think anyone was expecting it to be such a slog and it was something Stuart Lancaster touched on on Monday that Leinster had to play a different type of game and that was the most pleasing aspect from the coach's point of view. They played a different type of game and got the job done. We know Leinster can play another type of game here. The danger probably is that maybe Exeter can as well, but I didn't see anything really in it that, that to suggest at home that Leinster can't get the job done. Just mm. once bitten, you know. Leinster at home, they don't. You don't feel like trusting them when they're in the Aviva. No Sorry now, but <laughs> it was true though. Like <laughs> go to the Aviva, it's you know if they were in the RDS, I'd be as comfortable as uh, well. I am in my chair at home, but I don't know. I'd be a bit frightened. It depends what they do. If they come with the same team and the same attitude, grand. But even if they come with the same team, you'll, you'll know, Luke, there has to be some really battered bodies there. And how fit there they is. are going to be going into the match, which the we'll never know. The travelling could be a thing. Like, I, never, I didn't ask mm. any of the lads, actually. Did they Did they have to spend an extra night yeah. there? They got back on Monday. Yeah. Monday That's afternoon. not ideal. Yeah. That's not ideal. Like, ideally, you'd have been back Saturday night to do the recovery Sunday and they're in kind of Monday. But so they've, they're, you know, they've probably missed a day there. So like, you hate to put things in, you know, but... Exeter travel though, don't they? You know they really travel like, and they have a system, and they have a great they coach. They were unbelievable a fantastic against coach, Montpellier. Yeah. Like that mm, had yeah. to be tough. Look at that game. You don't. They you were look at their best performance, not the worst performance, don't you? You look at that and you go, Pfft. yeah. If they produce ninety percent of that, they'll be a real problem. Yeah. You know, and it, like, and you're right. Leinster will be battered and bruised. You know, it'll be interesting to see. Like, I, I, I'm backing them to do. it. They have a very good record at the Aviva as well. I think they've only lost maybe once or twice there, maybe to Claremont and to I'd someone to London or to, to, to Claremont. Two lost. Okay, we talk three, yeah. three that that I can think. Of over a long over let's the only say, three I remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Over what is <laughs> it? Probably about eight, eight years playing the Aviva. Yes, per, maybe seven years. Pretty good, pretty good record. They were there were the three teams that could have beaten them though. The other the, teams, the Northampton one, like that, like, they were never gonna. But even the Northampton, we played terribly that day. But we still had like uh, hate to name check someone who's always produced in the big games and saved us on more than one occasion. But Jamie Esop had a pass at the end of the game. We had a three-man overlap. We were literally on their line. Ball slipped out of his hands. And I think it was it Elliot, the winger. Yeah. Um, is it Elliot? Jamie, Jamie Elliot. Elliot. Yeah. The, he ran the length of the pitch to deny us oh, a bonus yeah, point right, and to win the game for that. But we, if you look at the clip, we are like, I'm screaming, I'm on the outside. There's two other lads outside me, I think. And we, it's, we're, it's a walk-in try if, if we get the ball out the back. So, yeah, we lost that one. But I think... Um, we were out with Jamie today, actually. And in Irish Town, he was doing something. Something came out there, chatting yeah. to him, trying to get information out of him about his injury. But why um, would he give you information? Has <laughs> <laughs> no well, value to, to him. Ask. It's a job, isn't it? You of course, it's your job. I don't know. No, yeah, no, no one has he, a problem asking about. I think like they don't. That was the exact response we got. He was but, very, he was very <laughs> why tight. Why would I give you information? Yeah. He was quite defensive at the start, but he warmed up, and I think he was kind of enjoying it just at the end when he was leaving. But um. I have to feel from, don't you? Like, I mean, it is. It's a it's his own private information. You have to ask the question, and you get the answer. But yeah. hopefully, he'll be back. You yeah. ah, please God, he's a, you know, like you know, much as Jack Conan is, is is excellent, like the details. Like I, I just I always just remember Jay, like Jamie's guy. 
you just love playing with him. I love. He just never makes a bloody like. Honestly, I, I can remember the one his the one mistake there, <laughs> as clearly because it's the only one I can think of in ten years of rugby with him. And I just every day every, he trains every day. Yeah. He trains every day in a fucking t-shirt and short like on in like out in, in December January the whole year. Um, you know, just shows up every day. Um, it's no wonder he's the guy. He always always gets the details right. I mean, that tackle against Hogg 2015 to save the Six Nations. Yeah. He's a turnover, I think, against Toulouse um, in the Viva in the corner, or maybe against Leicester, like a real big turnover. I just, uh, all, I'm kind of littered with those ones. I just, that's my recollection. When I when you see him in close, the the accuracy, like I think his tackle stats are like I'd love to see his career ones. I just, lo- I don't know if they ever compile those things, but. He just never missed one, yeah. and he was always there. You know, he's always talking. You know, when you're you're out in the pitch, kind of hard for people. I always feel like I feel it's such a hard thing for people on who are watching in the stands to comment on how good a player is until you've actually like when you're playing next to some guys, you get a real. So none of us can ever speak about a player. No, of course, no, no. I, I just feel that sometimes <laughs> you miss out. You, you miss out. You miss out on something that's really important, and it's the connection you have player to player. You can't hear it. You know, like Shane Jennings is a guy. Honestly, you'd go to war with that guy every time because all all day, all day he's talking to you. He's talking to the ref. He's talking, and the information is really good. It makes your job so much easier. It's such a, like it's hard to quantify unless a player says it to you when you're you know you're not going away. That's why we pay you the big bucks. Well, that's what I'm trying to. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, I think the guys like that. Jamie's one of those guys. You hear a little chirp in the pressure when everyone's tired. I've got your insight. Let's get off the line. Whatever it is, something small that makes your job easier. And you can. It's funny how the great talkers on the pitch sometimes are not the best talkers when it comes to facing. Yeah, Jamie's. Yeah, I've always had this conversation. Just not interested in that. I think he's just interested in the game. I think he's not interested in looking at it. Yeah, do you know what I always? I think Jamie's a guy. Like I'm really, I'm very close to Jamie. You know, and uh, I always because we've had this argument before. I've, I've, you know, I've said this to him before. I said like. He should like he should give a great interview. He's really personable, like when you know the guy. But if you don't, he's just standoffish. And I reckon he's been burnt a few times. You know, I reckon he he feels like I'd say he says he's a real sensitive guy without letting on. He's, that I'd he say is. he's very sensitive. Yeah, you know, because uh, in fairness to him, he's he's tough as all boots, but he's a sensitive guy. You know, I would think the year he was captain, some of the articles written about him, I was like, like even now, I don't think he's that like. I think there's a huge one, but there's a certain amount of people that just love abusing the guy. You know what I mean? The guy has a hundred caps. Like when he's gone, like I think we'll miss him. Yeah. Um, but like you know, it'll have a huge effect. You know, um, just personal opinion. Like I mean, like obviously I'm completely biased, but yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one that you say that. You it's know, it's got nothing to do. The more it's a funny, it's an interesting uh, subject. Keen, like we'll see it. The guys, it's amazing how different the guy is when he's finished his career and you get to know the real person, maybe because he's on the same side of the desk as you, than the player. And some players are just not interested in engaging with the media. And that's yeah. just, that's just, it's, it's all about the team. Yeah, it's a hard one though. Yeah. Can we, can you lads will see it. I mean, like, you, yeah. I suppose there's, there's periods where you kind of feel like, you know, there's probably, I'm, I'm, it adds no, it doesn't help me. Like, it doesn't help me. And I, I look at, yeah. for example, like, I looked at last week, and you guys, will be, I'm sure you'll be interested in this now, because I, I saw Jack Conan did a really honest interview last week. And I just thought it was the worst idea of all time. Yeah. I thought he named, he, like, he literally named all the things that he didn't do well, yeah, or he yeah. didn't think he did well. Yeah. Which, which I didn't actually agree with all of them, by the way. And I'd say, he, I'd say he was trying to give an honest one. But I, I just think, that's that's fuel. That's ammunition. That's all. If if you were if you did that interview, you're gonna be like, hmm, I'm gonna look at those all the time now and see if he's improved them. And I'm like, why would you say that? But well, was, listen, it was great for all of us. I found it a great read. To my mind was when Lancer played Wasps in the pool stages 2014-15, and Nate News gave an interview saying he didn't know any Lancer players. And the only person he might have known was Brian Driscoll, but he's retired anyway. Like so, <laughs> and then like, he went out and decided, like, I really they held it against. So. Like that's the attitude in teams. That is the attitude. Or like you know, the they're protecting the team. The only one the All Blacks know is Sean O'Brien, and yeah. they they were doing the same thing before Chicago. But they always kill us. Now, yeah, but now they know they know a lot more. It's like Mike O'Connell. There was definitely one. <laughs> can I be? Can, can I be honest with you? That they they're still going to be the same. Yeah, yeah. They don't rate us. They just don't. They'll still <laughs> pay lip service to it because they know. It'll, it'll, you know, for the first 10, 15 minutes of the game, it'll probably ease a bit of pressure if we show, if they show a bit of respect. Mm. For the first 15 minutes, everyone will be like, those, <laughs> you know, that Irish when you're, you're back against one, like, those buggers over there, they don't even know our names. You know what I mean? Like, they reckon, like, well, oh. Nathan Hughes is from New Zealand, so. <laughs> <laughs> but they're just, uh, yeah, look, uh, look, you always try to pay but I think those guys, look, they're missing bloody 
three or four was it four or five of their yeah. their first choice locks I'd say. we don't need to struggle back oh, okay sorry but I'm just saying they're not going to change we're going to move, gonna move on to the Munster <laughs> match now Keane uh, I saw uh, Simon Zeebo obviously had a very good performance this weekend and mm. he had an interesting few quotes in the paper today saying that Joe Schmidt has said to him maybe behind closed doors that if he is playing well he might be in the Irish reckoning I find that very hard to believe myself what, what do you make of it? Well I thought his wording was very interesting he said if Joe Schmidt is telling the truth yeah. Which I mean, they're his words. <laughs> putting the heat on. There is, it's putting it exactly, you know. And he knew he was going to be asked about this. He chose his words very, very carefully. There, if Joe it's was telling he the picked truth. Up on Keane. Yeah, well, I thought it was very interesting. I mean, I'm sure Joe probably choked in his cornflakes when he was reading it this morning. But um, I don't think it's going to be the case. Um, maybe they're sweet talking him to, to, to keep them like that. I mean, I thought it was another really good performance by Zebo. Um, it just reminded you, I mean, he, he looked almost free again. You saw the little dance he did. Like, I mean, that's everyone else, everyone can make up their own minds about that. But, like, he's playing with a smile on his face. You know, it's it, last few weeks probably weren't were difficult, I imagine, to come to decision. But What did you make of his quote saying, like, I'd rather go in my prime 28, 29, not like the sheep who go when they're 31, 32. Did you say that? Like, what, what does that even mean? Like, what, that's, like, well, he's he, going he, to try and win something, is he? I like it. I, I don't mind it. He's not going for a payday. Yeah. Mm. He's oh, he is going for a payday. Sorry, yeah. no, sorry, he's going for a payday, but he's going. Most people hang on till their international career is over. Yeah, because that's go. the smart thing to do. He's missing out in the well, world. It, look, there's two ways of looking at that. Like he's probably picking up probably two hundred grand extra a year. Like so, if he's two years, three. Do, do you think? Do you I think would. If I was, if I was guessing conservatively, and this is conservative, I genuinely feel that this is conservatively. I think he'll probably be making two hundred extra a year compared but, to two thousand nineteen. Because it doesn't make sense. But if, if you were to the come back. In his in in the twilight of his career, as he said he did yesterday, rather than go in the twilight of his ah, career. That, that's great for the supporters. Love that one. Like, do you know what I mean? Everyone loves. Like, look, he'd be crazy to come back if he, if he's if he's able to if he goes well over there and he's earning good money. He speaks French. Like, you got the you know you got that tax you can take for was it two years after eighty percent of your earnings. If you have kids and stuff, it's even more. Like, look, lads. It's a, that's a great one. The supporters love that. He plays up to him. Look at him dancing into the crowd. Like the whole, he has the place going, like doing the old ears out for. Uh, I want to hear more for, of the Zebo Zebo. Like he, he's a free spirit. Like I think yeah, he's. he's he, I, I can't see him coming back. You know. I think he doesn't. I I think the tightness of 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 Joe probably doesn't suit him. I'll, I'll be honest. From being in camp, it's difficult for him in there. You know, because he's relaxed. He's a relaxed guy. Joe's not. Joe is the complete opposite. He's looking at every single thing you do. Zebo's not. He's a free spirit. He's showing up, you know. He's showing up, and, and he's not. You know, he's not a great Nick. You know, he's got a little bit of a pudzer on him. Yeah, a little bit of a bet. Listen, now. it's rich. We say that now, but he, look, but he can get. It. He's such a brilliant athlete. He can get away with it. I'd say Joe's looking at him, going, "You could be better yeah, in that respect." Uh, but then I think you do wonder. Then if you look at how free Zebo plays, like would could Joe like if if he goes too much to the right, if he's too tight, would he be able to do those things? I, I don't know. Some people don't. It doesn't translate that way. And I think, you know, if you look at the stuff, putting the pressure on Joe. That's no surprise to me. It's no surprise to me. And that wording was aggressive, I thought. It's interesting. Yeah, you know? I, I, thought he, I thought he'd worked... I mean, he'd gotten in Joe's circle of trust. I mean, if you want to put it like that. I, re I really did. And I don't know, did he change a huge amount about his game to have earned that? In my mind, he probably would have been in a good, good shout to start in November. I mean... Oh, he's starting. Made, he was the starting fullback. No? Well, he Rob was back, but I mean, uh, on the wing with Keith Earls injured as well. No, I mean, my point is, um, he talked about him being a free spirit and how he's been restricted by Joe, but at the same time, he had forced his way in there. And it just seemed like strange Simon after almost working so hard to get in there that he now decides, okay, I'm out again, you know, because he, if he'd kept up this kind of form, he starts at the World Cup, does he? Like, but he's not given a license in there at all. But what, but when he's we given licence to play that way sorry excuse me well, no, no, sorry. No. Dead, sorry. when we went into rugby writers Joe explained that we went in to ask questions it was a press conference he was ready he had stats, facts, everything of course and he doesn't he was, go in anything unprepared <laughs> man. and of course <laughs> and the thing about it is he said it clearly he said listen we didn't pick Simon because we know what Simon can do like you could say the same thing about Sean Cronin. Sean Cronin didn't get didn't get selected. Now what he said was the door was open that wasn't behind he said that publicly that night he says the door is open in January I'm picking a new squad I you know this is his time to have a look at players. This is what he said, plus the other thing played into it. But he did say the door was open and he said he would revisit it again in January. So it depends. That, it's, yeah, there would need to be six or seven back yeah, three injuries. That's, uh, that is a barefaced lie. Yeah. Yeah. No I'd, way. I'd in the same breath, the, the comments were that he, he was going to protect the game here. Yeah, the responsibility, I believe, was a responsibility yeah. to the provinces that they take very seriously. And he's, look, lads, the, the unfortunate thing about it is that 
like while we all want to see Simon play because he's a special player and he and he's great he's a great foil for for Johnny Sexton because he's another playmaker for them. I don't want it's to see not, him play but he's leaving. But I, I don't care about the leaving What's thing. The I don't, whatever about that. We want to see the best guys there. I agree. I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no bias. Yeah, okay. Well, there's, I'm sure there's a big cohort of people who want to see him play, right? He's a personality. Oh, I love, he's yeah. a great player. He is a lovely yeah. player. And, and, like, what I would say is, he had, like, Joe Schmidt has, like, he needs to protect. Like, they can't compete financially. Not going to be able to compete with Racing. So, you know, the, the carrot is that you play for Ireland. If you stay here, you're going to get paid a little bit less. But that's, you know, that's, that's why you're staying. So he can't pick him. He can't do it. Like regardless of what he said to him on the phone, like he can't. Well, I think he can pick him for the six. This Six Nations, though, it's why, all bets off. Why would he? There's literally there's uh, regardless of, of how much he wants to win that competition. That guy is securing his job. He's done an unbelievable job. If he doesn't do well in the Six Nations this year, no, like there people, there isn't enough time to make a change. He's in there till 2019. Trust me. Like it's not. They're not going to make a change. He's an unbelievable coach. They know what they have. If he doesn't pick him. And they don't do well because they don't pick Sebo. It's not like I, I, he can take a bit of pressure for. He would have been what thirty. You come two thousand and nineteen, around thirty. Mm-hmm. I find it interesting that it would be that much money that he'd lose out on in those two years. Because I go back to that point about having worked so hard to get in. Would you not stay for the World Cup and then cash in after at, at thirty? It's not like you're going over at 34, 35. They don't really do one year. Deals, I don't think though, do he they? enjoys it in there, man. I don't think he enjoys it. Be my honest read on it. Yeah. You don't think he would? I th- I wouldn't say he enjoys it in camp. Like like your man's on everything you do. Like and it's he's brilliant at it. Like Joe's unbelievable at it. That's the strength of him is the details. He's on the details all the time. That wouldn't be Simon's strength. Simon's a flair guy. He is a guy who. Like he's brilliant handling, he can you know come up with an offload. And he's high risk. Like that's why he probably took him so long to get for Joe to say, oh, he actually fits my eye now, because he had lots of parts of his game that he needs to tidy up. He's very loose with like he he can have a game where he'll drop a few, but he'll keep trying it. Mm. That's what makes him so good is that he'll keep trying the things. But like he'll have games where like Joe just hates that. He's a percentages guy, you know, and you know his rooking as well, his technique rooking wise. Joe beyond that all the time. Whereas there isn't probably because he's so important for Munster, he probably doesn't get grief about that stuff all the time. Whereas he does in Irish camp. But look, I'd worry. I'd worry for Simon. Forget everything else. Everybody loves Simon as a player. Hmm. I'd worry from in terms of rugby if he goes to France and there isn't as much discipline. Now Munster, forget Ireland, forget Leinster. Munster compared to a French club, I'm sure is an unbelievably professional environment. You go to France where you're let. You're left to your own devices. I'd be just worried about will he ever be the same player again because he let himself go. Like, because all the details you need to go through, he doesn't seem that self disciplined. That's what I'm saying. No, but like the thing is, though, like, funnily enough, I think that could, this is going to sound weird, right? But I think that could really suit him over there. I know this is going to sound right, and I'll explain why. I think you talk to any of the guys been over there. Madigan talked to Sex, and you talked to any of the you know the Irish guys, even your Damian Browns, all these guys that say like the pitch sessions, you're on the pitch forever. Zeebs does not like he does very little in the gym. He's in there dancing and like honestly, this is like he's moving around. He's, like he's an un- <laughs> in fairness, he's great cracking there. Like he's an unbelievable mover. Like he's all a little bit on the weekend, but you're, he's in there laughing and joking. He does a few sets here and there. He's kind of chugging along. He's not like you know, like you look at a Fergus McFadden or someone. He is like, yeah. like Fergus like non-stop in the gym. You know what I mean? Like, he's like non-stop in there, right? But Zeebs is the opposite. He's more relaxed with that stuff. Being out there. Training for long, we got off the pitch in 40 to 40 minutes to an hour, you know, maybe an hour and 10, you might be for a really long one. They're over there, they're like an hour and a half. Like, he, he could be running around for ages. It could be good for him, he could lose a lot of weight because he doesn't care about the gym. Like, he'll do bits in the gym over there. But it's not him, it's like, because he, he's naturally a big guy, he gets away with it. Yeah. Like, Zeeb's actually, if you meet him in person, he's a big fella. Um, you know, he's about 6'2", 6'3", and, he, and he, he's real natural, you know. He's real. He's a real glider, like, he's not a real power guy. You look at his footwork and then, he never really, you know, you don't see, like, do you know what Keith Earls, you see Keith Earls going, boom, boom, you know, there's two, you know, Fast and all of a sudden he's gone, he's like like a shot. He's just kind of cruising into things, and then, boom, he's like a little goose. He has a, he has the power, but mm. it's real natural. It's a different kind of thing. So what I would say is, Almost it could work even like. better Almost for French like The cross-ons, uh, the cross-ons <laughs> in the hour and a half sessions, he could come back in unbelievable, Nick, you know, but <laughs> that's the thing with him. That's I think he but might find it difficult in Irish I just camp. want to move back to the months of performance in general, Keane. Uh, what, what impressed you most was John Van Grant's first big test. For me, Chris Cleote at, mm. at open side had another immense outing. What, what's that for you? I mean, yeah, I thought the work at the breakdown was just immense. I mean, we talk about really good signings in Scott Fardy. I think Munster have a gem on their hands in Chris Clute, an old sort of old-fashioned groundhog, which they probably haven't really had in Tommy O'Donnell. Different type of player, excellent player, don't get me wrong, but a different type of player. 
And um, I'm led to believe that Kalite was very much on the fringes of the Springboks squad during the summer. Um, they were playing France, I think, in a summer test, and they were having a good look at him. Word filtered through that, you know, he agreed to join Munster. He ended up being dropped and he played a South African A game against the French Barbarians. But my point is, like, the Springboks were really looking at this guy as, you know, let's bring him in, give him a cap and see what he looks like. Munster had already had an agreement. He stuck to it. He came. I think he's an outstanding signing. I think we've all, I mean, we've he's played, what, three or four games, but the work at the breakdown was just immense. I mean, Leicester just could not live with him at all. Yeah, uh, Luke, I know Matt O'Connor was kind of talking about cynical play. Obviously, I know, I think he predominantly meant one apparent bad tackle like the Andrew Conway, you know, and Vinio clashed heads. Yeah. But what did you make of Matt O'Connor's reaction to the whole... To the whole oh, thing. he looked like a guy who was hurting, you know. It happens, uh, you say things you don't mean. I think that he'll look at the Conway thing and he'll say, I think he kind of, I kind of thought he backed off a bit saying there was a duty of care, kind of like as in, uh, rather than saying that it was kind of a cynical thing, I thought he kind of came off that a bit. Um, and in fairness, it was kind of a clumsy one, but like your man steps out of the way, like that happens, like it, that's a completely normal thing. You know, I like the, the head height is, isn't a problem as long as you're going for a side on collision, which is what he was expecting. But when Vianu steps slightly backwards, the point of collision changed. So that's why that's why Andrew hit him head to head. It was it was just an un, unfortunate one. Um, uh, in terms of this, the other stuff, the cynical play, um, oh, you know, I think the referee didn't didn't referee it very well. To be yeah. honest with you, I think actually there was quite. I I was looking at it, and I just because I, I I watched it after the fact, so I'd heard I'd heard him talking about it, and I was kind of oh like does he have a point? And I kind of thought like there was one, there was a CJ Stander one on the line that um, Leicester were losing badly now at this point, but they were they were under the posts and it was a really bad one. Like it's 100% the yellow card and they've given away a really cynical one just before it. And I was thinking, that's a bad miss by the ref. He rolls right across the rook and comes out the far side, slows it down just enough. Like Leicester were in for a try. Um, and I think he was really annoyed at that one. I, I just found there was a lot of ones where I thought the ref, there was guys off their feet. It was a bit of a mess. I thought both teams weren't great at it, but I thought Munster definitely were a bit cuter there. Uh, they played the referee better. I thought Peter Mahoney said it well. They played the you play what's in front of you. Play to win the game, and I thought they did that really well. From Matt O'Connor's side, I'd say he was thinking he probably had bit. He probably was. Uh, I would say, and and I think he can be. He doesn't help himself with the media. He's not endearing. People over here they have a, for whatever reason. He just. I think he doesn't actually. He doesn't value the media, um, which is a big mistake in the top job. You look at Joe uh, Joe Schmidt, um, and you know. He give you know he he look he has difficult relationships I'm sure with some people, um at from time to time but he watches everything he he's really good on all the messages he puts out, he the 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 public persona is really good he actually answers questions for the most part now some of them are things that he has to say you know but but for the most part he engages and people like that and I think off the back of that, you know the 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 rhetoric about you isn't as. Um, aggressive and I look at Matt O'Connor there was people like abusing well, jo- him all Joe over the place Joe didn't lose home and away to the Dragons when he was with Lance Reader <laughs> look it happens though it happens Matt O'Connor look, look he was really close to getting that I mean we missed that drop goal against Toulon we could have been in the final you know um, you know, and I actually rate him I think he, you got to remember he's playing with a very different team he had no Johnny Sexton there that's, a, that's big that is big you know uh, Easton Asiba wasn't there Brian O'Driscoll was coming towards the end mm-hmm. Um Gordon Darcy was coming towards the end. The two lads were pulling calves all the time, so we didn't have them all the time. Um, he had Ian Madigan and, and, and Jimmy Gopperth, who were both excellent rugby players, but but it, it was kind of like neck and neck, and neither of them ever got a real run at 10. So everyone got affected, you know. They were, he was, they were chopping and changing all the time. Um, and I would say off the back of that, he probably got a bit unlucky, I've got to say. And I think the real, the real downfall for him was that he, himself and Joe didn't get on they were behind the scenes, and Nusa Ford, they all didn't get on. Um, Maddie's a different character, a real funny guy, yeah. uh, a really big, smart I'm guy. A big, I'm a big Matt O'Connor fan. I've so got, a, got a funny story. Um, yeah. I once turned up to UCD for an interview, a press conference, and it was supposed to be on in the RDS. Couldn't make it back in time. Wasn't driving at the time. Had gotten a bus or something, whatever. Oh. Matt O'Connor comes along, collects me from UCD, lets me interview him, and drops me to my door. And like, <laughs> I'm, I'm he's really a really good chap. Really, I know yeah, he got yeah, a really, really bad doing, but he was a really, really personal guy behind the mm. gruff, you know, and the grunt. Mm. But um, yeah, I mean, dropping me home is a he's set, so sound. funny, honestly. <laughs> honestly he's Imagine like, Joe giving you a lift. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Joe would give me a lift. Home, honestly, he, would, he wouldn't but give he, me a lift. Home. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing, what I would say is though, like, he, for him, and like, he's never going to listen to someone like me. And whatever, ten years as junior, uh, he coached me. He was my boss for a long time. But I think 
it's the one part of him that he needs to improve if he wants because he's got all the abilities coaching wise the staff all like we all loved him I, I loved him anyway um, there's a few guys who had kind of mixed periods under him kind of a few senior guys that probably didn't help they didn't really get picked a lot but they didn't play great in my opinion during that period anyway I'm not going to name any names but I, I, I really fit like what, what I was going to say is like he's he is he's the kind of guy that everyone likes in the organisation he's a lot of fun he's really good he works really hard actually really really hard he knows the stuff inside out um, but I think he needs to work on the relationship Matt's with the media. Prob- Matt's problem, I think he would admit himself, is he just doesn't do BS. He can't, he, he can't do the games. He mm. can't. He'll get behind the camera and he'll say what's programmed to be said, but it just kills him to say it. Because everybody knows. He, in the system, you can only say so many things. I mean, let's be honest about it. There's the RFU and then there's the branches, and you can be only so honest in your press conferences. And it would kill him not to be more honest than he is. And yeah, yeah there was no secret he, himself. And yeah. Yeah, even the thing he said people above him didn't get on. The stuff about you know, remember he kind of went he went head to head with Joe. Like yeah, yeah I can't bad, yeah. bad yeah. idea, bad idea. No one told him. Like obviously no one told him that he's his boss. Really, like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like that's you know I thought that was a big mistake. Like he'd a few of those ones where and in fairness you could feel his frustration. Things weren't going well. The fans were on his back. Like you what know, was he the was reaction fr- when it was announced that he was leaving amongst the players. It was unbelievable. We were unbelievably. Uh, well, we were. I was. Unbelievably pissed off, you know. I thought it was a bi- a big big mistake. Uh, Leo I thought Johnny Sexton was. Leo was very upset. With Leo him. was really upset about that. Yeah, um, it was handled really badly. Like from the, the timing, course. like yeah. we couldn't get anyone. Like yeah. Tony Brown refused. Or, I mean, I, I, the, I think he he had had a really good season with the Chiefs. Remember the, the, the year they were Highlanders? Yeah, excuse me, Highlanders. Um, you know, uh, and we just couldn't get any real quality guys in. And Leo, at the end of the day, had to step up and take a role that, was, that he definitely didn't want to take at that time. You know. Really difficult for everyone, and the club suffered probably off the back of it for a few years. Um, because you're, you have a guy finding his feet at the, t- in, the in the top job. It's until they had a bit of experience coming in with Stewart that I think really helped. Uh, would be my take on it, and I think it was a big mistake time wise. And actually, he what he had Johnny Sexton coming back in the next year. I wonder what things have been really different under Matt. Uh, Do you know, that, it's one it's one of the things in the game as well. That, that God, this sounds terrible now, but there are coaches who get a bit like some ex players who get jobs in the media that people have been working up their whole lives to get to. I'm sorry, no, I'm not talking about Luke. He's oh, no, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> 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 or am I? Or am I? Or am I? It's the same thing. What I'm trying to say, what I'm trying to say is coaches, they go for, like the idea that, and it's not through with them, you'll, you'll take whatever job you're, you're given, but the idea that Leo should be a head coach he didn't want it. He didn't want it. It was given to him. The idea that Gervin should be brought in as, as the backs coach, and it's no slight on them or how good or how bad they are. With no experience in a professional environment, how long did Joe Schmidt spend doing it? That's why there is actually a coach in the system coming up now. Mm. He's the Ireland under 20 coach, Noel McNamara. He's been a coach for 13 years. He started Glenstar, went to Clongos, then he went to the Irish under 18s, Leinster under 18s, and now he's the mm. A coach. He was the coach mm. for the A game. I asked somebody on Monday, I said, 46-35 against that Bristol team. Like, who was outstanding? Well, do you know what? It's hard to pick it out. They were just... Everybody just played well. Mm. Which said to me, it's the coach. Now, I'm not saying he's going to be Ireland coach or anything like that. But there is a person who's worked his way through the system, earned everything he's got because he wasn't an international. Like, I just think in industry, they say people get a lot of passes because they just get a lot of promotion out of what they did in a former life rather than for what they're doing right now. But I am talking about you, Luke. Yeah. But I'm talking about people in general. There's some people, Uh, like Shane Horgan is brilliant at what he does. Hmm. You know what I mean? He went straight in, he could do it. There are certain people, like, who've asked questions in post matches about the intensity of Munster who shouldn't be asking questions like that to a Munster guy especially when he played for Leinster but is he not entitled to ask that I I actually thought that it was a gross overreaction to be honest with you I think it just I'd say what really irked Pete that day was that it was Reggie Corrigan asking him that question I think that was more like I thought thought that was good like Reg is great on the radio like I think he's super you know and I think look asking the question it's probably a bit aggressive but it's not so aggressive that a Munster captain can't go Look, Reg, I'd say we were a bit off. It's hard for me to say that. I'm obviously disappointed right now. You could, there's a way of answering that, but I'd say he just saw Reg and he was like, this lad from... Oh, this Dublin lad is literally... Like, is he serious asking me this? <laughs> but it's not a matter of that. It's a matter of... Maybe you did think it. Well, I looked at the game and I saw it. intensity. I didn't think they lacked intensity. I just think they weren't good. But I couldn't say that they lacked intensity. 
Like that's the one thing you don't question in a Munster player, especially if they've shown intensity. Right, but you're they've shown I've watched Munster and they've like, I, I, and I've seen loads of Munster performances where they were lacking. Intensity. Yeah, but I'm just talking about that specific one. What did you think, Ian? Did you think they lacked intensity? That <laughs> I'm saying out of this. Memory. No, but I, I didn't think they lacked intensity. I do agree with you. I do. But like, it's an interesting point, though. You know, I think like, and in fairness. You're, you are right. I suppose the reason that guys are put in there, uh, and like say the likes of Leon Gerv, sorry to cut it, we'll, we'll get Keane's answer on that, but we haven't forgot about you. We'll have, we'll have you answer now. But, but the, uh, like, the thing is, like, you know, those guys have played at the top level, and there's a certain amount, like, you're in the setups all the time. Leo was a captain yeah. at, you know, at a very high level. Gerv had actually done a few years coaching, and he'd probably earned his stripes more so than Leo would have, definitely, actually, as a matter of fact. And I think I agree with you in, in principle, I do, but I think that's probably, you know, in terms of experience, you know, at the top level, there's just such a difference now between an AIL team and um, and, and an A team and a senior team. And most of those guys are training with the seniors all the so time. So being anyway. a senior player at a top club is better experience than coaching a schools team or coaching like even a, like a like an Leinster schools. Yeah, team. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think it's there's there's yeah, you're you just you're thinking about it all the time. You're you're watching it all the time. You're watching about 15, 20 hours rugby a week probably. Um, you're training with the best guys all the time. You're learning from the best people all the time. You're in rooms talking about rugby with all the best minds. Um, but how many time. great players were great coaches? That's another question. Look, you yeah. always look at all the really good coaches. Mm. They're generally not the best players. They're the guys yeah. who almost made it, and it's given them. They had to, you know, they didn't fulfil them. They didn't get what they wanted as a player, so they want, they got it another way. There's a very few ex players who were great players who were great coaches. Yeah, it's an interesting point, you know. Um, I mean, you think of all the greats, like you know, now, I suppose, but um, you know, can't like you I suppose, will. like Warren Gatlin was an unbelievable. Rugby Clive player. Woodward, Ian McGeek, and they both played for the Lions. Clive, yeah, like Warren Gatland, he's a superb player. Um, you know, a superb. Know, he was unbelievable. Like, he was sitting behind. He he had fifty know, caps on the bench behind Sean Fitzpatrick. He, he was never incredible. played though. Like I mean, a, a great was player. Like Martin Johnson, would think would be an amazing coach. Unbelievable. When you think Martin Johnson would be an amazing coach, I think that was a timing thing. I, like honestly, he he was trusting way. He's another Leo. Like he's trusting way too quickly. At least Leo's been able to. Ha, people actually over here were a bit more accepting. Like he trust into the top jobs. Right? Mm. The the biggest paid job in rugby. It's disappeared like, now totally. Yeah, but he, yeah. he obviously was completely put off the thing because he probably would be. Uh, he was let down massively by his players, to be fair, uh, uh, and the, yeah. their behaviour. Oh yeah, well in fairness, yeah. I think that comes from the top. Yeah. Like that, yeah. you just got to kick those guys off. Like Dean, Joe Richard, would, Dean Richards is actually an example of a great player, but it, he yeah. came, went, and now he's come again. But it takes a long, long fairness, time. He came again. It wasn't by like I think his <laughs> that team was pretty. Good. <laughs> I wasn't by. Newcastle, his own choosing. He's very, no, he's doing a good job in Newcastle yeah. now. They're yeah. well up in the Premiership. Yeah, yeah, no, no, he is doing a good job. I mean, the the, the sabbatical wasn't. Uh, <laughs> it was self enforced. I think, unfortunately. I suppose we we, we got talking about that about about Matt O'Connor and his comments, but for me, I thought he was deflecting away from how bad his team were. I mean, Munster were very very good but I thought Leicester were awful yeah like, like a year really on they sat cockle this time last mm. year but a year on it didn't look like much had changed no. even though they've actually brought in a few top players but they were completely torn apart like, I, I, know, I know you mentioned earlier we're at the breakdown but they were destroyed and I think I think it's it, 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 the onus is almost on it I agree the ref wasn't I mean he went in one way but is it not up to the opposition to react to that? You know, I mean, yeah. I think, and I think that's why Matt O'Connor. I mean, the comments about Conway were so I, unjust. It was untrue. Ah, they were, they, just he's re- way. He, he's just. Did you see the pictures of him now? Like he looks like he's gone twelve rounds of Mike Tyson. Like I mean, ah, listen, he didn't was, sign up for that. Look, you look at that incident. Anyone who's played the game and Matt's played the game mm. at a very high level, um, like. <laughs> met. It like was he unfair. was 100% yeah. you see your man it was beautiful by, by Vianney who just mm. changes the point of contact just as he t- takes, takes the ball really hard skill there's no way no. if you're running at top speed that a small like he meant to do it you just couldn't you couldn't even try and do that to be honest going at that pace looking at a ball you, you so, couldn't and it's also so, another key player out for them which he's obviously fuming about and I think yeah. he did a moment I think if he had it all over again he yeah. wouldn't have sort of so said right, even opting to kick three points I think they were 13 nil down at that stage finally get a bit of momentum penalty on the Munster line Offering to kick a three pointer. Uh, that, that was game over for me after that. I'd say he was absolutely sick with not getting the yellow card. See, a standard, like, how we didn't get a yellow card for that one was absolutely But what about this week? Shocking. That's the thing. Is Manitoulagi and Matt Tamua supposed to be back? So they're, they're unbelievable. Like, like Tamua is, I just I just love watching Tamua play. I think he's an absolute fantastic. But that actually makes, if they're back, that makes a big difference because. 
you know, missing Vianu, like, and I, I look at uh, Tate is 100% not a second centre. There was some awful defence from here and there. Like, he's actually quite a nice fullback for them. He's quite solid there. He's done a decent, like, that could be a big game changer because if you look at the wide, wide, you look at Ford, I looked at Ford, there was no one, there was no reorganising. The, the shapes were all off outside um, Ford all day and he kind of relies on people to be, because he made he's a really good decision maker. Like he's probably for me probably the second best de- decision maker I think um, on the line outside of Johnny. I think Johnny Sexton is the best in the world at that. I don't see anyone who de- who delivers consistently good decisions like as in who he delivers the pass or what 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 call he's making close to the line under pressure. I think Ford's the ne- the next best guy at that for me. You need if you have that you need good guys outside getting the forwards in, 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 into good shapes they were all over the place in that respect and I think Tamu could be a big a big factor this weekend but for me if you look at Leicester for me they're just in the pack struggling for a few mm. carries in the pack you know like Bar Young's I don't know I mean the prop was yeah. out yeah the prop yeah, was out uh, Genge who's out okay. that was a big loss to them you know they need a few guys they, they, they look to me like they need one or two other big carriers and I think they'll be fine as long as they have Tamua or Tulagi back. They're huge losses to a team. I just want to get one quick last word on Ulster Keane. They obviously won one of the more bizarre games. I guess the weather was absolutely atrocious. Like Luke, we talked at length last week about the problems they have, but well, we we called the win though. We called the win. I called all all, problem, all the provinces to win. Did yeah, you not? I don't think I. I think I said Munster and Ulster would lose, so I apologise for both of those. But uh, apology accepted. <laughs> <laughs> maybe winning in such bizarre circumstances can provide some sort of galvanising yeah, factor absolutely and they lost Rory Best as well I mean we've spoken how important he is and to lose him it would have been another easy excuse you know oh we lost Rory Best last minute but I mean they won a game in as you said bizarre con- conditions and I think we, we have to give him credit for that I thought Ian Henderson was Huge immense job. I think I think over the whole weekend what we saw was the internationals coming back to their promises and the form from November really carrying through. The guys who were good in November, I thought, were really, really good for their promises this weekend. It's big game for Ian Henderson. Like I said, Rory Best was out. He once again he stepped up. He captained the team. You know, before that was one of the criticisms that it was aimed at him. That you know, when it was all put on him, could he handle it? Thought he was immense. This could be. I mean, I really hope it is this, this season. I'm a big fan of Les Kiss. I really hope this is the the result that the, and like you know Harlequins are out a now. Five pointer beckoning yeah, on Friday, like they have be. a really good chance should to get to the quarter final now. Absolutely, like I mean Harlequins are out. Who knows what kind of team they'll send over? Should be looking at five points and then totally the whole the whole complexion of the group. Obviously, Lara Scheller doing serious damage, but the whole, it, it looks a lot different then for for Ulster. I refuse to believe a team with their two out halves as Brock James and Ryan Lamb will seriously challenge for European honours. <laughs> <laughs> Brock James is still wearing the gloves. He's just can't drop still wearing the gloves. Fair this man. Honestly, you want well, to see last it? season he missed another two drop goals against Gloucester in the year in the championship semi final to win the match, and he's like in he his mid thirties. Like, it's hard to say. It you don't grow up in these things. Doesn't seem like a, a pressure player to me, but oh, sure, look, I don't know. you said him say this before. I never said it. He often talks about Brock James. What about Jacob Sockley? Another try. That's nine tries and nine starts this season. Him versus Raka in the first game of the Six Nations. Hopefully, yeah. Don't get Luke started. Don't get Luke started. Jeez, he looked bloody good, didn't he? Yeah, look, it was a great weekend for the Irish provinces. You know, I think it's probably a bit early to be cut. To be, I saw there was a lot of comparisons saying, "Oh, is the Aviva Premiership really as good as it is?" Uh, I'd hold off on that for the for the moment. Um, you know, I think there's there's still a lot I, of quality there. I hate to say it, but the Premiership, I look at a lot, is fantastic. If that I was the Pro you. 14, I'd be lapping up. I can't, in all honesty, got to say somebody say I love the Pro 14. Yeah. There are certain fixtures that are amazing. The Irish ones. The good, they play them at better Glasgow, times, Dad. Scar- do you think? played them in the afternoons, oh. the Sunday afternoons? And they're always packed, and yeah, they're yeah. real clubs. Those clubs are around for 100 they're years. Class, yeah, yeah. I mean, the rugby's brilliant. The player depth is unbelievable in England. Yeah, yeah, that's, why, that's why Exeter is so good, because mm. they have loads of players that we don't really know, but played for England under 20s. And yeah. if they're in Ireland, they would have been wrapped in cotton wool for about two years. Mm. Yeah. Put on the muscle and then just ship that. We probably should ready. have a little uh, like Connacht as well. That's a great win. Yeah, uh, in brief, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, a big one for Karen Keane. Big After one. some of his comments we were talking about last week, a bit some unusual comments. So. He obviously speaks better in the change room than he does outside. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, Did it's good see? to see because like, yeah, I think you know that's an important project as well. Um, you know, and the, I think they need to do well in 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 the Challenge Cup. I think they have a lot of good young guys who have a lot of potential. Um, they could. It's it's their way, isn't it? This year, I mean, if they just concentrate yeah, on it because they're not going to go anywhere. Yeah. Is, yeah, they, yeah. Can, well, they, they, they can do. Of they the can, Pro 14s and their group mm. of the cheaters who are doing quite well. There's almost an extra 
qualification place there yeah. for them. So they actually do have a bit better chance than maybe if they were in the other side of the draw. But they, they, the winners of the Challenge Cup this year, which obviously knew will will qualify next year, and you know they should they should win their group handy now at this point. They've got two French teams whose yeah. interests probably will going to Worcester though. I was I was at the home game in Galway. They're, they're not up to much. No, they won't be better at home though. Nobody ever, maybe, yeah, Nobody maybe. ever looks good in a sports ground. That's what they I don't. Think. No. <laughs> I've been there Especially so many times. Leinster. <laughs> Jack, Seriously, <laughs> Jack Carty's <laughs> try was pretty. No, pretty that was amazing. Ulster the only team who consistently do well there. I know it's a weird thing to say. Ulster always do well there. It's lovely to see him scoring them, wasn't it? That was a lovely try. We're just going to finish up. It's going to go around the table. Just a quick prediction for the weekend as for the for the three Irish teams in the Champions Cup. Well, I have to say Leinster are. Um, Leinster um, gee I think Leicester might beat Munster um, Ulster and hopefully Connacht can't see why Breve would be interested I'm going for a clean sweep again all four teams mm. Luke um, uh, same as Des actually I think um, I think Ulster or sorry I think Munster will lose over in, in Welford, Welford Road I've tipped um, against Munster in every single round so far, so I'm going for an Irish clean sweep. <laughs> <laughs> an Irish Change your mind sweep, quick. exactly. So yeah. just even if yeah. I'm wrong, I, just, I, won't, I won't feel as guilty. Yeah. Thanks, Keen, Des, Luke. Thanks so much for joining us this week. Lads, thanks, thanks for coming on. Unbelievable uh, corrections. We went, we go on and on, and I go on and on. Don't <laughs> someone stop me. Right, cheers, lads. <laughs> See you, lads. Thanks for coming on. That's all we have time for this week on the Left Wing. Thank you so much to Des, Keen, and Luke for joining me in studio. We'll be back next week with another podcast. But in the meantime, you can listen to us on Sound cloud, iTunes or independent.ie so until next week thank you so much for listening and goodbye